What do you want? What do you really want today? To be human is to want, to need, to desire. I'm asking you to consider the state of your wanter today. Your wanter is that part of you that desires to have, get, gain, or receive something. Perhaps there are some of you who haven't really thought about it lately and don't particularly want anything right now, but I suspect that most of us want something. Some of us may want to know that we are accepted by family or friends. Some of us may want an understanding ear. Some of us simply want to know that we belong somewhere. Others of us may be wishing for better health. Others of us might wish we had more money or to win the lottery. Others of us simply want to know we'll be taken care of in the future. We long for security. While still others may long for a significant change in their lives, things are not very pleasant right now, and they'd like them to be better. Yet others are probably tired of change and would just like things to remain stable for a while. Some may have wished we had had a different president four years ago, and some may wish we had a different president now. Some may wish that businesses didn't have many regulations so as to maximize profits, and some care for the creation and do not want to see it compromised for the future. Some seek safety and security by trying to keep certain others out, while others want to extend hospitality and safety to others by inviting them in. Some of us would like to be happier in life and have fun. Some try to do what makes a difference. Well, the list could go on and on. Because the point is, each of us has different desires and see things from different perspectives. We each have one side of us that wants what we want. And one side of us that wants what God wants. And like it or not, these two sides of ourselves are often in competition and at odds with one another. The 14th century, so think about that. The 14th century, German mystic and theologian Meister Eckhart once observed, there are people who want to see God with the same eyes with which they look at a cow. And they want to love God the same way they love a cow, for the milk And the cheese. Or as poet Robert Frost put it, people will sometimes devote all their life to the development of one part of their body, their wishbone. The irony is that once a desire is met, it doesn't take long before we feel unfulfilled again. Many of our selfish desires in life simply cannot be quenched. So, what do you want this morning? Really, if we are open, perhaps our scriptures can provide a clue. You remember the story. A blind man 
is sitting alongside the road, and he senses a group of people passing by. So he inquires as to what's going on, and his friends tell him that it is Jesus of Nazareth passing by. And with hardly a moment's hesitation, he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He cannot be silenced, so he yells all the louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus is passing by. And for this blind man, whom Mark, in his gospel, calls Bartimaeus, a moment of opportunity is passing by, and he chooses not to miss it. In this moment, he recognizes the true identity of Jesus. Did you catch it? Not as one from Nazareth, which is what his friends have said. They describe him as Jesus of Nazareth. But he shouts out that he is a descendant of David who is to be the Messiah. This blind man recognizes who Jesus is. Even without visually seeing him, he recognizes the special character and nature of Jesus. So the first step in answering the question, what do you want, is recognizing the one who can give you what you need. For when you have rightly recognized the Christ, he will ask you, as he did Bartimaeus, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? That's the question he asks each of us. And Bartimaeus rightly recognized his need, for he said, let me see again. I love the story. You've maybe heard it before. It's of a little girl in a Sunday school class, about third grade, I think it was. And the teacher asked the class if anyone could recite the entire 23rd Psalm. And this one little girl stepped up to the front of the class, and she perkily bowed, and she said, The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. Well, this rightly recognizes the identity of the giver and our need, and that leads to receiving. Here it again in verse 42. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has saved you, and immediately he regained his sight. Now, our accompanying text for today of the Ten Commandments also offers the gift of sight, for it helps us to see how God wants us to live. Of 200 ministers surveyed, only 68 could recite all Ten Commandments. And did you know that less than half of all Americans believe in all Ten Commandments? I guess, I guess people want to be able to pick and choose. The majority of people don't believe that all ten should be followed. Now, I know that's not the case for all of us here this morning. But regardless, let's just look at the first commandment right now because it alerts us to a certain kind of blindness. Then God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God. Who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery? You shall have no other gods, none, no other gods before me. Anything we spend more time thinking about, more energy working on or doing or desiring more than God becomes a blindness and potentially a false god. 
The first of the Ten Commandments draws us to see God and God alone, for all other false gods blind us from seeing the one true God. You shall have no other gods before me. That is clearly an issue of sight and eye control. Few of us would say that we are blind. So what's all this fuss about from blindness to sight? I mean, after all, that healing story with Jesus took place nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, I'd like to suggest that there are few of us who do not have some kind of spiritual blindness. And so to rephrase our question, what do you want? Might we not ask, do you want spiritual sight or insight? And if we do, then we are saying we want what God wants and not simply what we want. Paradoxically, that is the answer to our question, what do you want? Selfishly? Well, talk to me about that later. What do you really want? I hope, I hope it is what God wants. Right sight in all things. So recognizing leads to receiving, and then the final movement of our text is responding. Responding. Let's look at our text one more time. The man regained his sight. He followed Jesus and glorified God. That was his response. The man didn't just sit there with his newfound sight all starry-eyed. No, he responded by glorifying God. And I need to remind you that the root word glory is a translation of the Greek word doxa, from which we get the word doxology. And it means brightness, splendor, and radiance. In the Old Testament, the glory of the Lord is essentially the shining forth of light by which recognition of the divine presence comes. The man, in responding by glorifying God, was bringing full circle the shining forth of light which is the glory of God, and that which enables all sight. Radiance gives sight. Here's an incident that happened to a gentleman by the name of Cavelt Roberts. I was in Boston attending a conference. I was kicked out of the hotel after two days, and I thought I had a three-day reservation. I was ticked. As the elevator came down, it stopped at the seventh floor, but nothing happened. I was irritated and in a hurry to catch an early plane home and said, Come on in. Nothing happened. Again, I firmly said, Come on in. Let's get this show on the road. Still nothing happened. And finally, in a louder voice, I said, Come on in or I'm going to be late. At that moment, a fine-looking man with a white cane, completely blind, stepped cautiously into the elevator. I felt awful. I had to say something, so I cleared my throat and I said, how are you today? He smiled and said, grateful, my friend, grateful. I couldn't say a thing. I was all choked up. Any impatience of worry I had simply shriveled into nothingness. Here was a man blessing the darkness 
while I was cursing the light. I couldn't have cared less whether I caught the plane. I found myself that night in my prayers asking that someday I might see as well as that person. From blindness to sight. What do you want? Really? Our text tells us that recognizing leads to receiving, and receiving leads to responding. The man recognized Jesus, who Jesus really was. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he recognized what he needed. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And his answer was, restore my sight. We, too, can recognize who Jesus really is, even though we cannot see him physically, any more than the blind man could. And we, too, can recognize our need for spiritual sight and insight. And we can ask for it and receive it. And we can respond by glorifying God, which is a fulfillment, a shining forth of light and sight. And so I want to close with these words of the mystic Angelus Silesius, who wrote them down during a 72 period of spiritual enlightenment. We have two eyes. One only sees what moves in fleeting time. The other, what is eternal and divine. What do you want? I'll tell you what I want. On this particular Sunday, after deep and arduous prayer, I want for each of us and for this church, strangely, not what we want, but that we might be given sight for what God wants. From blindness to sight. Amen. Let us now rise in body or spirit as we share together in our affirmation of faith. Our faith illumines the mysteries of life that are within and beyond us in our creative processes of God. Life was given to us, precious and free, able to endure, destined to grow, eager to give and receive love. God expects us to make free choices that will establish personal and communal relationships, are just, loving, and helpful to others, will demonstrate our responsible stewardship. In the story of Jesus, we read of a life lived for others. In the death of Jesus, we feel the pain of evil and in his continued life celebrate the renewing power of God. In the Jesus of faith, we have glimpses of the character of God through Christ's church, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to which we renew our allegiance. We gratefully received the vision of the Bible the directions for prayer and praise, and the mission of Jesus to all the earth. The mysteries within and beyond threaten and tempt, 
confuse and allure, turn us toward faithfulness. But our faith calls us to remembrance, to change our ways, to trust, and to the source of light and life. Amen.